Hey, guys. Huh. Check this out. Welcome to Check This Out, a podcast where we take an analytical view of the media that appeals to us as individuals and why. I am Elle, your host, and with me today is special guest and not only enemy of the show, but nemesis of the show, Mara. Gasp! I've been upgraded. I'm so excited. Uh, If you would, please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Mara, uh, at YarnQuester on Twitter. I play games, uh, and... I'm a librarian, officially, as super exciting, and uh, I think I introduced myself last time as a swap witch, so I'm going with that. <laughs> but that is cool that you now are officially a librarian. You've got that hey. upgrade status all over. Exciting. Uh, uh, you're bringing something to the table that you enjoy and are passionate about. Uh, could you talk a little bit about it in your own words? Well, it's this thing called books, Al. Uh, books, they are uh, made of paper, uh, sort of hard, you know, soft cover, hard cover, whatever you want. Uh, you can also do them online. Uh, I'm a really big fan, and I've got one specifically. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Slow, slow down a sec. Uh, a book? Boo- yeah, it's A bee- book. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, Sort of a it's one of those strange English vowels, sort of sounds. It's very good, uh, but no, I'm I'm here to talk to you about ancillary justice because uh, you got very excited when I said sentient spaceship, so I'm super excited for it. It's just such an interesting idea. Mm, it is. And this book is very good at it. So um, um, I'm super jazzed. Cool. So I have my usual prepared list of questions that are designed to delve a bit deeper into that enjoyment of yours, if that's okay. Yup, I will try and stay on track. Unless, unlike last time, probably, yeah. mostly. We'll tangent. I mean, It'll be fun. Last time was fun too. Heck yes. First but, question. Hit me. Uh, I'm not allowed to legally. And also oh. distance is an issue. Mm, uh, you could get like one of those really uh, silly string kind of ones. We had them when I was a kid at like all of the fairs. Um, oh, the um, the uh, like sort sticky. of rubber sticky yeah. uh, slap hand uh-huh. thing. My parents confiscated them because they'd get dog hair all over them. and got real gross. I, I was just picturing the giant boxing glove on a spring. Oh, no, no, no. These are like little, like, sticky, like, jelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wasn't thinking of that. I was just giant pop-out boxing glove. Mm, uh, that could work, too, I feel like. You know, you could put that in a package and um, sort of like uh, one of those um, was it exploding worm cans. Or No, it's a yeah. snake in a can. That's what they're called. Yeah, uh, advertising like a- peanuts. Mm-hmm, exactly. Anyway, well off topic already. That would 
definitely past customs. Absolutely. Yeah. Improvised <laughs> explosive device. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's only a little bit of gunpowder. Plus, I mean, it's going to the States. That's pr- uh. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not. Um, question one. Imagine I was someone that has recently been awoken from a coma or resurrected from being frozen in ice or even an inanimate object gifted knowledge of modern times and sentience. So essentially, I know what media is, but I have mm-hmm. never personally experienced any. How would you explain ancillary justice without comparing it to something that I wouldn't know? I hate this question. It's so hard. I compare everything to everything else. It's the only way I know how to operate. Okay, I'll try. Um, ancillary justice is uh, a like tense um, but not actiony um, kind of uh, exploration of uh, empires and like people within the cultures of an empire and what happens when things start to change and some people in the system are resistant to it and some aren't and like the conflict between that and it's also on like um personhood and what it means to like have rights and it's just ah it's so good it's very like nope i'm gonna compare it to something never mind uh <laughs> it's it, it's very um like it made me think a lot i like that in a book but it also had like plot stuff there are two um uh, ongoing plots in this one. So, um, Ancillary Justice, I should say the author's name is by Anne Leckie. Um, it's also called the Ratched um, trilogy. Uh, three books. There's Ancillary Justice, Ancillary Mercy, or Ancillary Sword and Ancillary Mercy. I think that's the order that they, yeah, that's the order that they're in. Oh, wait. Hang on. Let me Let me double check. I've got Holding. them here. Um, yeah, uh, Sword is the second one and Mercy is the last one. Um, but they're all kind of the... I, you can read the first one, like lots of series, you can read the first one without like having to go on to the rest of it. Um, it doesn't like have a cliffhanger ending at the back of it, which I know is sometimes appealing. Like if it's, if it's not your thing, then you don't get left with that itch of damn it. Now I have to just read it because I need to know what happened. Um, Mm. that kind of thing. Um, you don't have that like sense of commitment to a series. Yes, exactly. Um, and the other ones are all like you, the plot doesn't all get tied up, but like the, like the, bigger plot doesn't get all tied up because the bigger plot is that uh, Anander Mianai, who's the emperor of all of civilized space, basically, um, from the perspective of most of the characters, uh, is uh, at war with uh, himself, or herself, sorry. Um, They've also, there's, I also like this, uh, and I think you might like it, 
um, because it does interesting gender things, which is always it's always fun. Um, in that yeah. every uh, in the ratched in like the so it's very the the setting is loosely based on like the concept of an empire like imperial rome which uh history uh time is was an empire that tended to just like absorb other cultures into it but not uh require them to like convert everything to the conquering country so it uh tended to have a whole lot of like weird uh things that got absorbed into it like how uh they basically took all of greek mythology and said no this is ours now um that kind of thing uh and so the ratched empire their language uses uh she for pronouns for everyone um it doesn't differentiate by gender other languages in the system that kind of plays it doesn't play like a plot crucial point, but it like adds to the like world building type of thing. Hmm. Um, other languages require gender or don't or use different ones, etc., etc., and that causes problems for Breck, who is the main character of our story, um, because she's like, "Why? Why do I have to do this? This makes it so much more difficult. I'm so I am so anxious that I'm going to get it wrong." Yeah, and because I mean, I, I'm nothing it. if not a weird gender thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, main character is Breck. Breck uh, is also known as uh, Justice of Torin, or uh, Torin-esque one, um, which m- refers to, like, uh, uh, Justice, Justice of Torin is a military ship, or was. Uh, there are the two plot lines that I was kind of referencing before, one is happening in the present and one of them's happening. Um, oh goodness. I don't remember the exact date, but um, at least 20 years ago, I think in the plot um, when something happened that I'm not going to spoil for you because it's a big dramatic thing. Um, but those are kind of both going along uh, in this book. Uh, and they kind of get revealed at the same time to sort of show the the central conflict kind of thing. It's very it's very cool. Um, I think I've answered your question. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Cool. There are uh, two plots: space empire, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. So, uh, question two. Hypothetically, our positions are reversed, and I'm guesting on your immensely popular and award-winning podcast. Yes. Uh, I've just answered the previous question with your response verbatim. What stood out to you the most? Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I, too, love, love a good uh, sci-fi from a ship's perspective. Um, I've got two answers to this question. This is the first one. Um I know it's like the stereotype. I'm uh, asexual, and there's the stereotype of all ace characters in sci-fi are the robots. And like, I get that, but also mm-hmm. I love robot characters so much. They're so much fun to like. Um, I grew up watching Star Trek with my dad, and uh, like 
uh data was my favorite character in that whole entire thing if you're not familiar data uh in uh star trek the next generation is the android character and his whole like character arc over the series is that he wants to uh learn what it is to be human because he was made to look human and like he had a parent and he has siblings and at one point he has a child um uh, and it's it, it's an interesting like question I think to to like ponder. Um, plus, uh, you can do fun things with robots. You know, uh, you can have gun arms, guns in arms, uh, sword, lasers, all sorts of cool stuff. All the sci-fi things I like that. Um, and like, but the ship, and I really like. Uh, how this book does the like perspective that a giant warship has. So setting war and this happened, this gets like laid out fairly early in the book. So I hope I'm not spoiling too much. Um, hmm. The ancillaries or as my audiobook calls it and ancillaries because they have a fancy accent in this audiobook, and uh, it's very fun to listen to. Um, so another point for the audiobook version. I have not finished it in audiobook, but I, I kind of like it that way too. Um, uh, ancillaries are the way ships are run by uh, AI. And so Wreck is technically like the AI of the ship, not like the ship itself, but like the AI core in it. Which, side note, AIs are also really fun. I'm running a, a, a space cipher game for my friends and I have an AI self-insert GM character and it's super fun. Shenanigans are happening. I'm enjoying it immensely. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, AIs uh, run warships in the Wretched. Um, and the way they do that is um, by having like sensors and like, you know, all of the functions of a ship, but also they have ancillary units, which are basically zombies that they have taken from all of the places they've colonized, put them on in, in cryo-freeze basically, and implanted them with um, various unspecified implants uh, that uh, erase their old memories and make them like part of just the AI system itself. And then they have hundreds of them potentially, just as of Torin at uh, the beginning of this book, uh, it has is like 2000 plus years old. It's been in service for a very long time. And, um, the Ratched has been, um, in the like present time period, has been scaling back how much they've been doing these invasions um, because a treaty was recently signed and it had implications um, for like ha who's human and we have to be nice to other humans because otherwise terrifying aliens called the Presker are going to eat all our brains or something. It's not really specified. They're like the big bad of the series that everyone's terrified that you never see and never appear and are great. Um, 
Reminds me a, a bit of the, the Culture series, if you're aware of that. I am not. What is this? Culture, uh, C-U-L-T-U-R-E? Yeah, it's uh, Ian okay. M. Banks, I believe. Okay. Or, I know um, that author. And the idea is, it is, what does a post-scarcity society look like? Mm. It's like, what happens when every problem is solved, basically? Mm-hmm. So you have your your AI computer ships that are their own personalities. It's just mm-hmm. like, um, you know, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll are fine. We've solved that problem. Have as much or as little as you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to change your gender for a week? Awesome. Here are the, the procedures to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, go nuts and experiment because that's how you get a good society. Nice. But obviously um, in that there are their own problems, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't have a story in there. Exactly. Um, but that has that whole feel of it to me. It's just like uh, what what does the world look like when everything is a fixed problem, mm-hmm. essentially? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like this, this – the way this book does the like ship's perspective then with these ancillaries is that um, especially um, so the, the present time period, that storyline is, I misspoke earlier. The present time period one, Breck isn't a ship anymore. Breck is just a single ancillary unit that's been cut off because the disaster thing happened that the, the earlier story timeline part of the story um, will explain. Um, so basically, like, I think probably by the halfway point, I'm guessing they sort of like talk about what the, what the, what the breaking point was and why Breck is no longer a ship and is instead one single unit. Um, uh, which is very, very interesting. Um, and I really liked, uh, how this author described like the, awareness of a ship it was super cool and uh made for really interesting points in like the earlier storyline of like um there's a point when um part of its awareness the ship's awareness gets cut off from itself and like it freaks out because the she freaks out because uh you know the, the things she can't see properly um um and has to like figure out what that means and why because usually that doesn't happen um and like the there's also a really cool thread in the book which I'm really interested I haven't gotten to the point where I've only seen a little bit of this in um the audiobook version I'm listening to but they do this author also plays around with the idea of like um choral music and music being a part of culture um, Breck, uh, as Justice of Torin, has been like collecting songs because at some point one of one of her captains liked music, and Justice of Torin liked this captain, so it said, "Okay, sure, I'll I'll uh, find songs for you, basically." And it's and she's just kept doing that, basically. Um, uh, and uh, so it's really fun to like hear that and uh that gets like tied into the idea of like this being with multiple voices yeah and even 
like even this little overview of it, I'm already like spinning off ideas for my own writing. It's like, oh, I could yeah. once I read that part, I'll steal parts of that. And, ooh. Heck yes, yeah. No, I love I love books that do that too. It's like, ooh, uh, so many creative ideas. Anyway, so that's my like first first like favorite thing from that that um like struck me when I started reading it. And then the second thing, hang on, I gotta remember. I've I've tangent so far um the ai and then also like i like this one a lot because i've read i i'm not uh hugely into sci-fi um when i was a kid like the 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 ones i got into the like there's the like sci-fi fantasy section right in the library but the ones i got into more were the fantasy side of things um, my dad had some sci-fi books, but they were very much like, um, 70s, 80s style sci-fi, and he didn't have Ursula Gwynn, um, who I've right. also read recently, and I'm like, ooh, this is different sci-fi story perspective. I don't know. I, I'm in, I, I, I really enjoy that, and I like, I don't know, it's... See, I, I should read that again. It's been a while. Yeah. I I I very much enjoyed it. I read it um last year. So I'm I'm very new to like uh reading sci-fi like now and it's been really cool to dive into that and see how much there is now um because like my dad, I, I mostly what I read before was like Bradbury, Ray Bradbury. Um, mm. And then a bunch of other ones probably that I don't remember all because they didn't make that much of an impression and I didn't like them clearly. So I just didn't read sci-fi then. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's like been cool to dive back into that. The other one that I contemplated bringing for this was the is the Murderbot Diaries series by Martha Wells. Um, which is also really good. I went with this one instead because I think I like it. A, um, I like both of them. And I have been re-listening to the Murderbot Diaries sort of on repeat. It's like my new favorite. Um, I joked about this with someone. Uh, my I got through my last grad school stint um, by just reading the Dresden Files. Um, and now... Um, Murderbot Diaries. I like that one a lot, but it's more like classic um, robot learns to become human or or like figures out um, how to people again. And I like this one because it's it's got a bit of that, but like it's a lot bigger. Um, I think it's got like a lot more interesting, interesting stuff happening. So. I chose this one instead. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, I'd probably have to read this first to get a better grasp of this, but just mm. as an early on, like early, early days guess, I would say that mm. you would really like the culture series. Yeah. No, I gotta, uh, I'll have to find that one. Yeah. Take a look. Uh, I mean, it's one of the more popular ones as far as I'm aware. So it should be pretty easy. Uh, yeah. Worst case scenario, I'm sure. Like, you know, there's some sort of public institution that orders these bo- 
books in that you might be able to get in contact with yeah, or something. Yeah, that'd just be a great thing, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, if only. Yeah. Oh well, capitalism, ho. <laughs> um, uh, question three. Uh, we can tell that this is a subject that you care about, but what got you to give it a chance in the first place? Ooh, ooh, I like that. Um. Uh, so, so, uh, I found this one specifically because I, I tore through Murderbot Diaries and I was like, oh, I love this. This was amazing. Where can I read more? Uh, damn it. This, the rest of the things this author has written are, are like fantasy basically. And I was like, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. I need my fix. Right. Cause I, what happens to me is I read a series and then, um, I, I like languish for a little while on uh just slight despair over the fact that i cannot keep reading it uh it has ended the the story has ended and uh there are no more books um and then usually i try i try and go for something completely different because usually what happens is i try and read something similar and it's not the same or like this is what happened to me. I have never finished The Legend of Korra. I started it, um, but I started it way too soon after finishing finishing Avatar, and uh, it was it was not the same, and I did not like it. So I have not watched it. Um, but uh, after I finished Murderbot Diaries, I went um, and I have recently started using Storygraph. Plug plug time. Uh, it's a free app. Uh, that uh, is basically like uh, Goodreads, but without all the Amazon uh, all up in it. Um, and uh, I like it. And I went in there and I clicked on their page for that, for the Murderbot Diaries. And I was like, can you find me more books about this? Like this. Um, and this was one of the suggested ones um, in like, you know, a whole series of them. Um, Ian Banks is probably in there. I just skipped past that one. Um, but now I'll have to stop and look at it. Um, but what caught me was... Let's see. I mean, I judge books by covers, so it's got a pretty good cover. The cover for my version uh, is, like, some some uh, very, like, painting-looking two little ships kind of flying over a bigger ship and a moon in the background. So that's a good, it's a damn good cover. Um, and I don't know, probably the same things that, that you kind of got caught by. So that's why I figured I'd bring it. Uh, the like colossal starship, you know, AI, um, burning desire for vengeance. I love a good revenge story. Um, sometimes they're not good, but like, I do, I do enjoy them. And when they're done well, it's like, oh, this is good. This one is, it's, it's not, doesn't have like the, um, if you're looking for a revenge story with like release, um, like, you know, they get them at the end. Um, it does, it does that a little different. So you might get disappointed on that. Mm. Um, but. I like vengeance blue balls. Yeah, but it, it, it's not it's not a 
vengeance blue balls, but it does the like vengeance. Vengeance is still very much there. Uh, Breck does not uh, forgive or uh, any sort of things with that. Um, but it's more like it it morphs a bit. Um, and it does interesting things. At the end of like the, the whole trilogy, there is a revenge. Um, and it's in a very different direction than I ever thought it would go. So I liked it. Yeah, I, I think for me, like what surprised. what jumped out the most is that it's it's different perspectives than you'd normally get. Mm. Like yep. in in video games, there's the concept of the Steve. Like, uh, wait, I have not heard of this. What is uh, this? Mid thirties to like just bordering on forties, male, uh, close cut brown hair with a bit of stubble. Uh, mm-hmm. is potentially ex-military and is looking for his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that is yeah, the yeah, character yeah. that you get for, like, basically every game. So I have started Fallout. That is my character. <laughs> but, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes but sense. But it's like any time that there's a different perspective, it's like, okay, I'm just mm. willing to give it a chance on that alone. I like it. That's very good. It's like we've we've I like, all we've I like heard, that perspective on it. We've heard the Steve story. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred yeah, yeah, times yeah. over. We've heard it. We know what's going to happen. Uh huh. Just like give give me I something like. different. Yeah. Oh, and so then I want to talk a little bit about the like there there are other characters in this besides um, Breck, Justice of Torin. Um, so uh there are in the earlier timeline there's like Breck's old uh, uh uh captain and other officers um the one that is really like fleshed out um is lieutenant on who is stationed on this like tiny little like um crossroads um pilgrimage spot basically you know like uh, it's a it's a like swampy vi- village or like town on the edge of a swamp um it's always muggy and gross uh and no one really wants to be stationed there um but she is uh and there she she has um there are some like sexual relationships but they aren't like described so that's not hopefully gonna bother you um and um like Justice of Torin itself is a ace, is in in my opinion anyway. Um, uh, the and then in like the uh, now storyline, um, one of one of uh, Breck's old lieutenants has has shown up again. Um, basically, she had gotten. Um, uh, like cryo freezed when uh, she got caught up in in uh, sort of some things that had happened, um, and uh, had gotten thought out a thousand years later, and is having to deal with like the uh, effects of um, I was an important person, I was very cool, and like no. Uh, had a whole bunch of nobility and had house and political power and all of this stuff. And now I have nothing. And so is kind of on the skids and uh, Breck rescues uh, her at the beginning of the, of the 
of the story and uh she gets sort of dragged along and then starts to choose to go along and it's a whole they have like a little bit of like an antagonistic thing going on um and then like growing into like a friendship it's very it's very cool i like that a bunch yeah i love i love i love i love me some 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 feelings it's good Plus, as I said, it's a different perspective. Because, mm-hmm. yep. again, it's like, I'm sure you're probably more well aware of this than I am, but how many uh, ace characters are there in popular media? <laughs> uh, not many. I mean, this is this is a story I always like to tell. It's my first one that I ever saw. Um, besides, like, Big Bang Theory, which mm, I have feelings about. It has um, its own like issues. Yeah. Um, but like the first one that was just character that was just identified was that was actually I saw um was in oh goodness, a re a sci-fi or not a sci-fi, bleh, a USA comedy, like a 30 minute USA comedy, um, called Sirens that was a remake of a of a British version. And one of the it, it centers around like some um paramedics, ambulance drivers. Um, and their, their, like, uh, dynamics. Um, and one of the characters, uh, very early in the first season is like, I'm ace, I'm not interested. Um, but if you want to date, cool. Um, and then they find a finger. Um, (laughs) as you do. As one does. It was a very, it's a very, like, dark comedy. I loved it. Uh, and I remember watching that and, like, yelling at the tv because i was super excited i like just you know figured out my own stuff and i was like Mm. oh cool yeah this is a thing i think that's why like my favorite book like ever is uh, Mm. the deed of paxenarion by elizabeth moon Mm. i think you told me about this last time it's just like here is a female character that you don't get a lot of in like a Mm. position of importance not just Mm -hmm. because she's the main character but is also explicitly ace and goes out of her way to make sure that people know that and that people are not only comfortable with that but are Mm. making sure that everyone else knows and respects i love it and that is just you you do not get that Mm -hmm. i love it yeah representation Turns out it matters and is important. Who knew? Yeah. Do more of it, peoples. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Question four. For some people, a sense of community and like-mindedness are integral to their enjoyment of something. To your knowledge, is there a community around ancillary justice that you're aware of? And if so, what are they like? I have no idea. Um, Yeah, I, I mean... Not that I know of, but I haven't haven't gone looking. Like I said, I think I think I talked a little bit about this before, so I won't like go too much into it. But for me, um, reading is a very like solitary thing, and I I like um, I love like imagining characters and and um, getting the experience of diving into a book. But I don't, and this is also like a thing of. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't 
do a whole lot of like my friends didn't read the same things as me so like i didn't have that experience of ooh let's all we we we've all read this and and are going to talk about it now and that type of thing so like i don't i don't generally do that for books um i i hope so i know the murderbot diaries does cuz i've seen a couple of i have found that author on twitter and have like uh seen a bit of like fan art and they did like um she did uh, a um, like Q and A as uh, the main character in that series, and that was mm. really cool to see, um, I, and and that kind of stuff. But I haven't seen that for this. I mean, Murderbot is um, a, like a very Tumblr sort of aesthetic. Yeah, I, I could see that happening, but yeah, yeah, it feels like this one, and because they're so short, like it's very, very easy i would feel like to to kind of develop a fan base fast that's the other thing with like books i feel like that's so hard to like have a fit fan base I, i'm sure there is one out there because this thing this this series has won a whole bunch of um like the hugo and nebula awards and stuff so like it's it's been lauded um hang on let me see if I can find Fandar. I'm Googling where we're doing stuff. I also feel like it's hard because for me, like, this one doesn't lend itself to um, visual depictions. I mean, like, stuff's described. Um, but I don't know. I don't always, like, this isn't a book that I saw all the action in my brain because it's not a super... Um, I mean, it's kind of thrillery, but it's not like an, it's not as much action as like Murderbot Diaries. Um, like the, the pivotal scenes have action, um, but a lot of like, it is, um, people talking kind of stuff. So yeah. in my brain, it's not as, it, like, I haven't, haven't visualized it in my brain. I see a bunch of fan art. So there's that. I guess I guess it probably does, but I did not know this. <gasps> there's one with the ace flag. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's interesting to hear you say all that because it's like I I never really had friends until like the last couple of years, maybe mm-hmm. potentially, depending on you know if people think I'm their friend or not. I don't know. It's hard. You to, are my friend. It's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> um, but even then, it's like the people that I was around had just vastly different tastes. So it's like, mm-hmm. I have not heard of anything that you are talking about and you would have no idea about anything that I know of. So wh- why are we talking? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, honestly, and I remember there was one day in high school, people were talking about this new group that had come out called the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and I'm just like, what, yeah. what even is that? Is that like a Rolling Stones? I think I'm younger than you. Backstreet Boys, well, let me see. In third grade, that's when my friend and I sat on, we, we were uh, in her room and we listened to uh, Britney Spears. Super exciting. I did not get into Backstreet Boys. Um, but yeah, I mean, and yeah, this this goes into like a whole bunch of just personal history stuff. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch like, 
mainstream t i didn't watch mainstream like network television mm -hmm. until i was in high school so like as a whole like i don't know what's happening even then it's like That's the stuff that i did watch is like way too old already Mm-hmm. yep yeah i have seen a lot of like 50s 60s television mm -hmm. So I grew up yep. on like Gilligan's Island where my friends were watching oh. Batman, the animated series that I still have never seen. Yep. Yeah. So like that, that still happens, but it's kind of, it's cool to know that that's out there and like, that's a thing I could find. I don't know, but I don't find it necessary to my enjoyment of a thing. Yeah. And especially I mean, as you've said with I, reading being such a, <sighs> intimate thing even though that's not yeah. exactly the word i wanted to use personal yeah it's like a personal thing and and like i mean i'm struggling with this because I, as a new librarian i'm start i'm gonna have to like do a book club and i'm like terrified of it because uh, i've never been in a book club i've never uh i mean like you have a stereotype of what it what what they're about but i'm like but i it what can I do with this? How can I make this something that I would be interested in doing if I didn't have to do it kind of thing? This, this, I got lots of thoughts on that. So, mm. uh, I mean, speaking of lots of thoughts on that, uh, question five. Uh, there are many yes. aspects of media that resonate differently with different people. What was your favorite part? Hmm. Okay. Um... Well, there was like the, the, oh, this character is ace thing. That was good. Um, I liked, I don't know. I think I, I think I talked a, a little bit about this in my last one too. So hopefully I'm, I feel like I'm, I, you're learning a lot about my taste in, in books more than probably my taste in what I think you might like in books. Um, but I like this a bunch um, because it has that, like, I have a degree in anthropology, um, and I studied archaeology for my master's degree in school, um, and so I have a lot of, like, classes under my belt in, um, uh, like, comparative cultures and comparative societies, and, like, understanding that your society is not like everyone else's which is a weird thing um it's like okay that's very easy to say yes i get that understand that to um that question but it's not easy to um like wrap your brain around like all the things about it and i like how many um i like how this book does culture um, I've enjoyed, I, I think that's my favorite thing in, um, the sci-fi writing that I have resonated with. Um, so, uh, I, I have talked, I, I, I mentioned Star Trek earlier. Star Trek for me does that same sort of thing. It's got like these questions of what is universal humanness? What is humanness? in the presence of uh, alien life, in the presence of, um, you know, uh, manufactured life like androids and, and AI and all of that jazz. 
These are interesting questions to me. Um, and I like how this book um, uses that those it uses those culture clashes as um, both like within or between like the cultures of the wretched and the people they are conquering and uh, doing terrible things to, and also within the wretch itself because the wretch is made up of all you know in their history, all of these conquered places, the main, um, lieutenant that, so like the second, the, the protagonist's best friend in the earlier story is, or the earlier timeline is, um, not, does not have like a noble background, like, um, you know, other people do. Uh, and that causes her to have a different perspective than the other characters, and also a very different perspective than the other characters for the people who are native to the planet they're on, that the action is taking place on. And that's very interesting. And like, I don't know, I like, I like books that explore that. I mean, I'm I I'm a white lady, so like maybe this is gonna hit other people differently. Um, but I like seeing things that explore that and and showing showing different perspectives. And I think this author is a white lady too, so it's probably not like the best example of this. Um, but I like stuff that that looks at that because I think it's important. Um and like i like i think we take stuff from books we read and media we 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 observe and we take like the um the values that that are kind of like woven into it or that the story um sort of uh not explores but like encourages because every story has like a perspective on what they're telling you like even if the the even if a character um talks about something if the story uh sort of contradicts the perspective of this one character then the story itself is you know has has a certain perspective um and this one is very uh like clearly anti-imperial and uh you know these are not things we should do and we should you know consider and respect the other cultures that are coming into contact with and i think that's cool i don't know i like like ooh, sci-fi it's doing it's doing cool stuff and this is a you know uh, 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 an author that has more books so I can read them now. Yeah. And I'm excited. E. So always good to find something that like you can sink your teeth into. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And this book has, has bunches of that. Yeah. So uh, I like it. Question six, following on from the previous question, what do you think would appeal most to the general public? Hmm. To the general public. Um, I'm going to go, I don't know. Um, well, there are, uh, spaceships. Um, it does have, it is, um, like, 
it's got a mystery in it um, up until the reveal of what exactly happened um, 20 years ago. Uh, you don't really know. And that like reveal of that moment is really gut punching. Um, I think people would like that. Um, I think the like, it's, um, I don't, I don't know my sci-fi history super well, but like, I feel like this one doesn't have like a whole lot of precedence. It's not like super derivative basically. Um, so I'm sure that's appealing to some people. Um, um, it's got, it's, it's got some action scenes. I don't know. Now, this is the part where I revealed that this has all been a, a test to see if you qualify to be a librarian or not. Gasp. Uh, question seven. Say that I do end up enjoying this because of your excellent recommendation. What would be your number one follow-up? doesn't necessarily have to be a sequel or anything, but where would I look if I wanted more of the same? Okay. Well, I'm, I am going to point to the sequel, uh, which is Ancillary Sword. Um, it is, uh, off of the same thing, um, after, like, the, um, kind of final confrontation of the previous book, um, uh, Breck heads to, um, heads to a, a, another station, a, a, uh, far-flung station in, 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 uh, space to, um, help, uh, protect a, a, uh, station that is on this planet and, um, uh, the relative of an important person in her previous life. Um, that one's a lot, the, the, the other two books in this series are, um, pretty different in terms of like what's happening in them like cuz this one is um it has those two storylines it's very much um like what's going on exactly kind of thing um there's a bit of that like trying to unravel the like um machinations politics kind of stuff in the, in, in the next one um but it's much more um, like a f more focused kind of story, which I, I like because I think um, second second books in series can sometimes have that like syndrome of oh this is this is very clearly just setting up the last book in the series kind of thing. Um, it doesn't the the second books sometimes don't feel satisfying by themselves. Um, in my opinion, this one doesn't. Um, it's very. Uh, uh, it's very, it's very interesting. I think it, it also like explores some of the stuff that gets brought up in the first book a little bit more. Um, if you, um, and it explores like the setting itself as well. If you like that author, um, but want something, um, kind of, in a whole different culture and want to like get into a whole different kind of set of world building. Um, she's written provenance, which is in the same universe as the ancillary series, but is a completely different character, um, different world, um, different set of rules. It's got like some of the, 
Um, the stuff with aliens, which is the like big overarching plot that doesn't really touch on these books, um, is is important for that one. Um, but uh, it kind of stands by itself. Um, if you like this one and you don't want to read any more of that, I would suggest the Murderbot Diaries. They're really short. They're like little novellas. Um, the main series is, is it three books or four? I think it's four. Um, and she's also written like a, another one that's set kind of in the middle. That's a really short one. And then a longer, like full length novel. Um, the first one in that series is called All Systems Red by Martha Wells. Uh, and I liked that one a lot. Um, uh, I did, like I said, I debated bringing that one on. Um, it's really nice because it's super short. Uh, the audiobook version um, has my new favorite narrator. Like I have sought out other books narrated by this guy because his voice is very nice. Um, yeah, and it and and it's also got a um, uh, not a ship character, but a a um, like human machine construct hybrid um, named that calls itself Murderbot. And that story is like, um, it's a lot tighter too. Um, basically the plot to that one is um, Murderbot uh, has, has freed itself from the uh, like control system that it has implanted in its brain. Um, but it doesn't do anything with that. It has decided that it just really wants to um, watch TV soap operas, endless soap operas. And not have to deal with people. And then it is forced to deal with people because its people get attacked uh, on the survey planet they are on. And uh, mystery and action ensues. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that kind of, it kind of leads into the, with the name of that. It's like, that's kind of what you're buying into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it tells you right on the right on the cover. Exactly. Uh, question eight. Sometimes our engagement with a piece of media comes from a position of relativity. Did you have a character that you related to? And if so, what drew you to them? Ooh. Um, no. I don't think that happened in this one. Like, I don't relate to Breck. I don't know what it's be what it's like to be uh, a thousand year old ship, and I don't know what it's like to be a fragment of a thousand year old ship. Uh, and that's super cool. That's what I liked about it was like that that like seeing what that perspective was from the author's writing. Um, yeah. Uh, not even like the side characters in this one. Um, I loved the side characters. There's, um, uh, Lieutenant on Cyverdin is the, um, person I was talking, the, the individual who, um, had been frozen and like, uh, thought out recently and is having to deal with, um, uh, the, 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 the trauma of that, um, that's super interesting. Um, and then those are like the main side characters in this book, um, from what I'm remembering. Um, uh, yeah, like I don't relate to them at all either, but like it's interesting to see their perspectives and how 
they're so very different from each other. I really liked that. Like this author definitely doesn't do cookie cutter characters. I really appreciate like the care that goes into um and and the way that like cuz we all of the narration is through Breck's eyes. Um and so like we have that like flawed narrator thing and we're getting things from from her perspective. Um, so it's interesting to see like how she thinks these people are, especially, Ooh, I wanted to mention, um, because Lieutenant Cyberden used to be one of Breck's lieutenants way back when. Um, and it's kind of cool. Cause Cyberden was like, um, being on justice of Torn was her first assignment. And so like Breck has all of these like memories of Cyberden as like a very young, like 17 year old lieutenant. And like how she has, how she grows and changes. It's, it's, it's super interesting. I love, I love older characters too. That's a really fun thing um, that I think we don't get as often. Like fantasy novels, especially have that trope of uh, your characters are all young adventurers. They've just started out or, you know, like sometimes you get grizzled old veterans, but it's not, that's not what this is. Um, It's like, old flawed people that have known each other for a while super super interesting i don't know i i love doing this show just to hear people talk about stuff they love yeah Yeah. it's fun um question nine a lot of these interviews rely on the question of what would you bring with you to a desert island in order to get to know a person (laughs) but that's not this show what we ask is instead is to picture this scenario You're on a deserted island with no hope of rescue, but food, water, shelter, and all of that has been taken care of so that you won't succumb before your natural time. You've also been Mm -hmm. provided with a single piece of media and the means to engage with it. And for you, it is ancillary justice. How frequently do you utilize it and how long would it take for you to be sick of it? Oh, goodness. I love this one. Um, I think, yeah, I think I just keep rereading it. Um, there's enough, like, I, like, it's been, uh, after I finished it, I have, like, I'm, I'm always reading several things at once because, uh, I, I do reading for my job and also I just, I have to read a bunch of things at once because sometimes I'm not in the mood for one thing and I am in the mood for something else. Um, so I usually have a couple books going at one time. Um, I have, I just finished one and I have another one currently on. So I have like three going right now. Um, But uh, this one particularly um, because the like, especially because like the reveal doesn't happen until partway through. um, I think it's really interesting to go back and um, kind of pick up on the things that I didn't pick up on before and the plot is like it's not super like of a twisty plot but there's enough going on there that like I can get different things and I like the the concept of like all of the music there are so many ways to like um especially I think it's really interesting I'm glad I read it first instead of doing the the audiobook um um because I like having my, like, I have my own interpretation of what the songs that are sung sound like. Um, but it's also interesting to hear them. Uh, I hope on this desert island I get multiple formats, because I would like to do that. 
uh, could have fun with that. Um, I have, again, I have no idea how long it would take to me, me to be sick of it. Um, probably like the third time, just because it is sort of a mystery story and I can't do mystery stories repeated numbers of times always because the idea of them is built on that like surprise factor. So I don't know how often I could do that, mm -hmm. but I feel like I could keep doing it for a real long time after like that initial pause, like do something else. And like he said, there's lots of like world building ideas built into this where like, what if I wanted to run something that was in this world? That'd be cool. I could like spin off that and have several days of, of scribbling stuff on, on the sand of this beach that I'm on. I want to go on this vacation. Yeah. It sounds really nice. Exactly. It's like everything's looked after and you just get to relax. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds ideal, really. And that's all the questions I had. So thank you for indulging me. Oh, goodness. I feel like I went faster that time. So I didn't ramble as much. Uh, <laughs> that was super fun. That, hopefully that's given people a little bit of a deeper insight into your perspective. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's the same. And yeah, like I said, uh, there's an audiobook version and a paper version. Um, the the audio there there's a lot of um, not standard English spelling style names. Mm. Um, so depending on your preferences, there, um, the audiobook narrator is good. But like I, I don't know. I'm a I'm a book reader first and foremost. I can't really listen to to stuff and absorb it super super well the first time so that'd be my recommendation but the audio version is also good yeah uh, now before i ruin the show by talking for myself for a bit it's time for everyone's mm -hmm. favorite part a word from the sponsors <gasps> thank you sponsors just top-notch work there uh, my goodness yeah, I have a follow-up so review. I have a follow-up review from last episode's enemy of the show and self-proclaimed sympathizer of the devil, Sean, and his recommendation of Scarlet Hollow. Is this something that you're familiar with? I'm not. What is this? So, Scarlet Hollow is uh, an adventure game uh, visual novel, mm. kind of like a horror mystery thing. Cool. Uh, the, the art is very good. Um, it's by Abby Howard, who does... Uh, oh, I yeah. know her. Okay. Uh, Junior Scientist Power work. Hour, I believe, is the big one. Yeah. But I, I know her best from uh, The Last Halloween, which is also very good. I was going to say, I think I know her from Smutty Comics. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's not finished yet. It's only three parts out of I think seven they've got planned. Okay, um, cool. That's interesting. But yeah, it's I it is very good. Um, I'm just trying to think of what best to say about it. Um, it the episodes are short, so you can get through them in relatively quick timing if you are committed to multiple playthroughs. Mm -hmm. uh, because there is, um, we explored this on the last episode, there are the character traits that you can pick. So you get two out of, I don't know, uh, I think it's like 10 
different traits that you can pick from in two different combinations. Okay. Like what? What are uh, what are the like, do you have examples? You can be flirty or you can be uh, mystical or okay. uh, tough. Things like that. Cool. And they have their own particular interactions within within the series. Mm-hmm. So obviously someone who's flirty is going to be more sociable, like yeah, the dating aspect, different. but might not be as successful when trying to run away from monsters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're a, yeah, well, unless you're a, a, a speedy as well. <laughs> also depends on the monster, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. Some, some might like Bards. being flirty. Or, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I ran with mystical as one of mine and it's like, Basically, every chapter is just like, oh, I am having visions and something is going to go wrong unless we do X in a weird way. Okay. Yeah, it's it's good. I think I've managed to get as many people to survive as I could <laughs> because there's a definite, you could have literally everyone die and the whole world goes wrong at any point. Excellent. TPK. Yeah, exactly. The TPK option. There, there's an option in one of the one of the episodes to uh, trade away years of your life for someone else. Fascinating. And okay, it's interesting wait, to see. It's interesting to see how those choices break down at the end. Uh, yes, question. Yeah. I, yeah um, you, you, you're saying episodes. Are they like interconnected sort of things, or is it all? Uh, it, um, like yeah, it's like cha- chapters of a same... story. Okay, so you have the same character throughout. Exactly. Or... Yes. Okay. And it's just like, uh, because it's told over a week in game. What's the setting? It is, uh, I think it's close to like Seattle, like on the West Coast. Right. Okay. Like mo- modern yeah. kind of thing. Are they, what age range? Uh, looks to be 20s for okay. a lot of the characters. But okay. yeah, it's... Um, Basically, a, a sleepy mining town. Oh, interesting. Okay, that got my attention. I do like uh, mining town sort of dramas. Yeah, it's That's what I'm planning. It. It's like you're you're going for the funeral of like your aunt, I believe it is. <gasps> okay, and it's like you have to deal with this whole side of the family that you basically didn't know existed until recently because uh, your mother and the other relatives had a bit of a falling out. Okay. So you're trying to build that relationship while also hunting for cryptids and solving this mystery to make sure that you can get out of the week alive. I need to find this. This sounds really cool to me. It, it is on Steam. And yeah, I Okay. All right. I would definitely we'll recommend it, it for you personally as well. Okay, sweet. I'm going to add it to my list. Excellent. I love it. So I, I think all in all, I would give it a, a four out of five. It's very good. It does have a little bit of polish left to do because it is technically like mm-hmm. early access. You know, they're building it as mm-hmm. they go type of thing. Yeah. And they do sometimes do retroactive patches. Like mm-hmm. I think even... That's hard in a like a yeah. story, it seems like. I mean, like this last week or two i think they um updated some of the older art because it's like oh we've realized that this character is a bit more important than we initially planned so we've given her a a big glow up Hmm. 
and it's like we don't really change much of the story because that's already written but you know we'll, we'll tweak some minor things every now and then yeah but yeah so before we wrap up this the final ever episode of check this out for this recording session <laughs> and 20th time i've made that joke uh, could you tell the audience where they might find you or if you have anything to advertise? I am at YarnQuester, Y-A-R-N, Quester. Um, and I play with Final Show Films. Uh, and I'm going to be running a game soon. Uh, soon being like several months because we have to finish the previous one. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be running a Changeling the Lost 2nd Edition Chronicle set in, hey, a mining town. Go figure. Um, of... Uh, uh, up. Um, uh, the setting is going to be up at um around Michigan Tech, uh, which is the university up here in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is the state I live in. Uh, my brother went in there, went went to school there. I'm so sorry for all of the factual inaccuracies I am going to introduce. Um, but there will be uh spooky weird things. Um. There will be a kraken at some point um, because I love a kraken and there's a lake nearby. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, kraken? Exactly. It's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I got. God, I'm I'm just jealous of time zones at this point now. I know. I know. Oh, I, want- I want to keep I, – I, it's a setting that, like, I have a lot of ideas for. So there is – it's not just i don't think it's just going to be this game unless i just really hate running changely yeah fair. because i've never run it before so so if you want to listen to someone who barely knows what they're doing run the changeling game stay tuned in uh like september i think yeah and in the meantime if you ever need anyone to do like a, a solo session where i can just uh, fuck some shit up for people oh oh wait heck yes hey we're gonna okay <laughs> We, we need to do, we, we will, we'll we will talk more there. there. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, we will talk more. Okay. Uh, and on that Bye. note, I've been Elle. <laughs> I've been Mara. And this has been Check This Out, a podcast of media positivity. And remember, you can kill two early birds with one worm. Mm-hmm.